Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome once again to Wax Poetic here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm uh, one of your hosts this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski. And I'm your other host, Pamela Bentley. And our guest today is... Amber. Dawn. Amber Dawn. I was like, it is Amber Dawn. I can't, what, what's the name? I like when it takes two people to say my well, name. I was hoping that we do it in unison, but you know, it's live radio. We just make it up. And uh, welcome. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Right on. Uh, so we get our guest to start the show off with a poem. So uh, now that you've got your headphones off and the selfie's been taken. I'm ready to go. You're ready. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to ask listeners uh, to do a particular favor for me, and that is to listen to uh, the form that I'm going to be working with uh, for the poems that I read on your show. Uh, it's called a glossa. We can perhaps talk more about yeah. what the glossa does in a little bit. Um, but what I want listeners to look for is I'm going to start with four lines, so a quote from an Adrian Rich poem called 21 Love Poems, uh, and then I build on those four lines uh, to work my own poem. So the quote from Adrian Rich reads, No one imagined us. We wanted to live like trees. Sycamores blazing through the sulfuric air dappled with scars still exuberantly budding our animal passions rooted in the city. And now my poem is called Queer Grace. Quiet, you whippersnappers. You were born in the 80s, and I must school you. <laughs> Our four mamas and papas didn't have the luxury of safe assembly, much less Facebook. Think Stonewall had a hashtag? Allen Ginsberg just yelled, Defend the fairies! Hashtag fucking riot. Hashtag drag bomb boom. Queer speech had to boom to be heard in real time. Queer gate was a march. Queer hearth was our rage. We shared the meager feast or starved. No one imagined us. We wanted to live like trees or at least weeds. We wanted to take root. Many of us still sow a humble seed in order to grow temporary space, knowing that a single moment can turn it all to rot. I've been involved with the rise and fall of a handful of radical underground conclaves. Only queer kin can show you the way out of the mercilessly bright mainstream, away from the gentrifying rows of condos and Starbucks and capital influx, past sycamores blazing through the sulfuric air, past tarpatch dead-end streets to 1,000 square feet of damp concrete nestled under a union worker's built bridge. I tell you it's worth it to find yourself, no matter how briefly, in a community-driven, collectively-run, anti-capitalist, gender-nonconforming, sex-positive hotspot. <laughs> here, now, raise our voices. Here, now, shake our asses. 
Our asses are hairy warriors, thick hips. Our asses are dappled with scars, still exuberantly budding with desire. Daisy chain, finger cuffs, fisting the forsaken misery right out of each other, fucking the magic back into our bodies. This grace is ours. This grace is no holds bar, believe me. I have lovers and friends from Berlin to Brooklyn. The same radical spaces exist there, but don't take this grace for granted. Let me remind you that a few hundred queers gathered in unlicensed warehouses for orgies or for organizing is still considered a disruption. Let me remind you queer roots reach deep. Never forget the graves of our foremamas and papas, like our animal passions are rooted underground. Just started you right off with a fisting poem. Um, yeah. I don't even apologize. <laughs> there it is. Well, we only have to say for CRTC regulations that there may be some mature content and language entering the, the uh, poetry today with our guest, which is fine as long as it's, you know, serves the poem, which it does. But we do still have to give a little. Uh, awesome. Wonderful. So we've done it now. Thank you for doing that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously then I don't know what a gloss is. I thought that the lines quoted were used were to be used in the poem, but it's just as a matter of inspiration. Or did you use? I did uh, use them in did. the poem. That you one I them so well. That one I read at a fairly fast clip. Um, it's wonderful if you can hear them, and it's wonderful if you don't notice them, um, because it's you know poetry. All poetry is an immersive experience, so you yeah. might not hear those lines come around. But let me tell you how it works. Sure. So you take four lines. Um, they need to be a quote of sequential lines, so you couldn't. I couldn't, for example, take Adrian Rich's poem and pick like line seven, line 10, line 14, and line 20. So they have to be four lines that appear sequentially in her mm-hmm. original poem. Um, and so from those four lines, I build a 40-line poem. Mm. And each 10th line is one from her quote oh, sequ- okay. sequentially. So then you're, you are breaking them up in your version. Yes. Okay. And are they four stanzas or does it matter? Four stanzas, yes. So it's ten lines, four stanzas, and then the tenth line of each stanza is one of the lines taken sequentially from that source poet, that quatrain. We, a, a group of people, but I think there were four of us, we had a conversation, a very geeky conversation about the layout of your book. Right. Because that's a challenge. It is. Like 40 line poems in four stanzas put into a, a normal size poetry book, right? Because they are usually a certain size is is a challenge, but it's done beautifully. Thank you. I um, There's a book of Glossus called Hologram by P.K. Page. Mm-hmm. Um, now in its sixth printing, wonderful uh, Canadian poet P.K. Page, Rest in Power. And um, those were laid out so that two stanzas were on each page. But then there's the source quatrain is, was kind of yeah. fit in there. Um, beautiful book. Uh, I might prefer my layout a bit more. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and that's it, what we were talking about, yeah. And it gives it, um, you know, so what you would see if you picked up uh, my book, Where the Words End and My Body Begins, is just uh, a, also a lot of white space um, so that, that, you know ultimate pause in between each stanza where you can see that mm. um, source quote line show yeah. up and ag- again and again. Is the title based on somebody else's uh, poem? Poetry? The title is a very happy accident. So my working title of this book was Queer Infinity, uh, which is the title of one of the poems. And the book is, is very queer. And it is, in a lot of ways, it works with um, queer history in a, in a sort of pre-digital or pre-social media age. Mm. Um, and 
you know, my publisher at Arsenal, Paul Press, and I sat around and looked at the number of books with queer in the title, mm -hmm. um, and particularly academic books that have sort of been circulating lately. And uh, we thought, oh, let's just go for something completely different. So like many poets who don't hit it with their first book title, I sort of looked through my lines and thought, okay, where's a line that appeals to me that might also make a good title? Um, and in a poem, my first poem, I have the line where the world ends and my body begins. And I was typing an email madly to my publisher. I'm like, I think I have it, but I made a typo. Uh -huh. and instead of saying world, I said words uh, as I sent this email and happy accident. We just both thought it was a, a cool. good title for this particular book. So accidental titles, sometimes we run with them. Yeah. Yeah. And why did you think? Why did you think it's a good title? Um, why, why do you say it? It's a happy accident. Happy accident in the way that I actually, I actually think it um, captures the essence or sort of epitomizes what I'm trying to do uh, with the book. Uh, words, of course, because we are dealing with language, um, not only literally the text in the book, the poetry in the book, um, but also I deal a lot with like sort of queer lexicon, queer slang, mm -hmm. um, oral history, remembering. So words was mm. very appropriate to me. Um, and then the body, you know, and I believe that our body is the ultimate memory bank, really. I believe mm. that our bodies carry a lot of memory and history with us everywhere we go. Um, so this idea of words ending and a body beginning really mm. appealed to me. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like poetry is a way to access those memories? Like you don't necessarily think about uh, you know, trying to remember something and then you start writing and all of a sudden something pops out that you didn't know you remembered? Yeah, I absolutely do. I, I As someone who's written um, fiction and nonfiction and poetry, um, to me, poetry is always the way to... Um, access memory in its purest, mm. if you will, or in its highest. Um, there's something about prose that doesn't quite capture the full uh, emotional integrity, I think, mm. of our lived experiences. And um, so that's, I mean, really, that's what I wanted to do with this book. Um, I wanted to honor poetry as a craft, but in a way, I just wanted to spend some time with my own sort of emotional landscape mm -hmm. and um, and especially my memories uh, as, as a, a younger queer person. Mm -hmm. um, so... Yeah, thanks. Good question. And do you mean that like through the sense of being able to use metaphor or imagery and stuff or how, depending, like compared to fiction? Um, I think that there is more room to play in poetry and um, to not always have absolute specific meaning mm -hmm. to everything. Um, whereas when we remember something or like, did it, you know, what did I do that night? You know, two decades ago, this pivotal night, did it happen like this or did it happen like this? And was I, was I with my friend Johnny or was I with Jennifer? You know, like memory gets a little funny, but there's still like this emotional truth. Yeah. Like we know what our pivotal moments are. Um, and I feel like poetry you have, um, just the room it's not about well there's precision in poetry but it's not about the preciseness um that you would need or that i think i need when i'm writing memoir for example um there's more of a sort of like an emotional truth and sort of like a an energy to it mm -hmm. that it can shift a little bit in the poem uh, metaphor is only part of that i, I guess yeah. um I mean, yeah. you use metaphor and fiction too, and stuff. Of course, but yeah. yeah of course. Okay. I I totally get what you're what you're saying. There. That makes sense. I just feel like you get to do anything with poetry, you know. Like I just, I, um, 
which is wonderful because I feel like as a queer person, I have been gifted um, possibility of how I want to live my life, um, of how I want to um, have a family, a chosen family, uh, how I want to identify myself, the words I use for myself. I just think it's been um, not an effortless life. Of course, there's Mm -hmm. been many challenges, but it's been this wonderful life of possibility and nothing in terms of written craft comes as close to capturing this wide breadth of possibility as poetry does. Um, if I could just write poetry books, I would. Apparently I'm <laughs> apparently I'm about 50,000 words into a novel, so I, I'm going to try to <laughs> push out another book of prose. But, you know, po- poetry is such a, it's such a joyful um, craft to work with. Nice. Uh, well, you've got a new book. Let's take. Uh, let's have another poem from it. Yeah, I'm gonna. Since we did the advisory, um, I'm going to just. I'm gonna go for it. Um, so, so we'll tell you. So, see. if there are any f bombs in it, please uh, let us know. Um, <laughs> or or replace them with something. I'll do my best. Or just <laughs> f or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of what I think about when I think about queer memory is um, p- actual places, establishments, mm. bars, nightclubs, mm. yeah. um, cafes, bookstores that once existed and no longer existed. Um, cities, especially a city like Vancouver, is an ever-changing place. Um, so this is sort of my ode to leather bars. Um, <laughs> the quote is from Eli Coppola, uh, and it reads... What I said I pretty much meant. What I am has multiplied and divided. What I stole has been taken away from me. And what I have stumbled upon has pleased me most. Uh, Eli's quote led me to what I think is a very important question, uh, which is a group of sluts is called what? Uh, Now, most uh, creatures, a group of sluts is called what? Most animals in a group have a special name for the group. And... um, what do we have? I'm not sure. How big of a sorry? How big of a? <laughs> how many slots make a a what? Well, let's say ten plus. Okay. Oh, let's work with that number. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it can't be a dozen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's too easy. It's too easy. Yeah. It needs to be a special special word. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. <clears throat> <laughs> Cream pie is what I saw at the kitten theater. A clutter of cats. Kindle of kittens, a dole of turtles, a duel of turtle doves, a what a gape of porn stars is what I saw. This is the most used vowel in the English language. What a schwa, uh, 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 in a French accent, like dile, say it. A what a slap of masturbators, a fairy tale <laughs> of jacks. Looking back, this was a blessed event. What I said, I pretty much meant the internet is a boner killer. Everyone watches gangbangs from home, and the kitten theater is now a pottery barn. <laughs> Somewhere there are still dykes and ratty blonde wigs working a brass pole, right? Somewhere a twink in silver briefs, tea bags, a widower's eyelid. My desires oh. date me. I want to go back to the 90s, but without the cocaine. A what, a stellar, a bar stars, a heist of queer diamonds. What I am has multiplied and divided into paragraphs and personalities, line by line edits. I have an office key. I have a well-behaved Pomeranian, a set of Oneida flatware, and yet a bullwhip made of braided kangaroo (laughs) hide. I crack off-colored jokes for kids who will never understand the punchline I sleep tight with. 
five milligrams of Ambien. What I have is imposter syndrome. I still have a proud scar. I can still speak with a forked tongue. What I stole has been taken away from me, and a what? A recall of memories is what remains. Do you remember when we all got bent? A peep of chickens, a clutch of chicks, a what? A fluff of aging sluts, a what? A muff of ex-lovers? All gathered on the same coast, the same city, the same black-lit leather bar. It's the last homicidal standing. I'll hold the ceiling up with my spare hand. My cream pie is still grandiose. What I have stumbled upon has pleased me most. <laughs> no F-bombs. <laughs> and no answer to the question. No, it's uh, uh, the reader can self-determine mm -hmm. what the answer to that question would be. I've had some wonderful suggestions as I've read this particular poem, and I almost always read it to audiences. It doesn't matter if I'm at a large um, or mainstream uh, writer's festival or, you know, a small, scrappy sort of queer reading series. Um, people have great ideas to what a group of sluts should be called. Well, I Does thought it was a what? A what? No, what is, what, what is it called? What is it called? It's called what? What is it <laughs> that's called? That's what I thought you said. Oh, what, what of sluts? Well, well, that actually sounds... Great. Well, yeah, it's like a rhyme. Like, it rhymes, too. I thought that's what you were saying. It's a what of sluts, mm. so, which is ten or more. And so it's like gathered I how, together, I assume. Yeah. I love how you get to play with the language because that's probably one of the reasons you, you read it and people love it and all this. And then also like offer all these kind of tidbits of queer history and how things have changed, right? And that the, the Internet is a boner killer. I mean, it's so true. And we mm -hmm. think of it as being like having access to everything, no matter what your kink is or your preference or your your sexual preference or proclivity you can find it on the internet whereas before you had to go out and find it yes so it was tougher yes and those spaces were more important they, because of it they're important because you didn't have the alternative exactly. you didn't have the internet but there is also a magic to um desire in a public space even if it was a small little crappy corner bar that you could hardly find unless you knew, you know, someone told you how to find it. There's just something about um, real live FaceTime and this pursuit of desire that mm -hmm. I just, I f I'm so glad that I was alive during it. I'm mm -hmm. so glad that I um, had to seek out desire um, in a way that got me out, of, you know, away from the computer, out of the house, away from a screen. Right. Um, and just, talk, you know, talking to people. Um, n negotiating, exploring, uh, connecting, uh, sometimes failing, messing it up, you know, like all of that. Was, I, I'm really so um, joyful that I got to experience that. Um, do you remember that uh, saying in the 80s that an army of ex-lovers cannot fail? Yes. And whenever that line always makes me think of, because I've heard you read this poem a couple of times. That, that line about the, the, what is it, a muff of ex-lovers? Yes. Uh, it always makes me think of that line. And I thought about that a lot because we were so idealistic, but we really thought that was true. Yeah. You know, before you realize all the lesbian melodrama and how that might not be true. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I think about that line a lot about, you know, mm. like writing from both sides of that being true and not being true and all mm. the different ways that it's true and untrue. So... Are the poets that you're um, quoting in the book, are they all queer authors or queer poets? Yeah, they're all queer authors in, in different ways, in very different ways. Um, and many of them identify as women, mm -hmm. not all. Um, 
you know, including like Gertrude Stein, yeah. uh, Christina Rossetti. So I have some canonical poets in there. Um, and then I also sort of have, you know, m- my peers and colleagues. Yeah. Uh, so there's some Vancouver writers, Jane Eden Hamilton, uh, Leah Horlick, Jillian Christmas. I've borrowed quatrains from all of them, um, which which is also a delight because, you know, many of them are colleagues, but also friends. I'm yeah. like, look at this poem I wrote based on your original poem. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, There's some, been some fun conversations with it. So then why Glow says, is it so that you can kind of give that gift or conversation with friends or is it be did you decide I want to I want to honor these queer writers first and then choose Glosses or the other way around can you tell us how I it's almost I was double dutying it the whole time so there was the poets that I greatly admire um, including you know some locals where I just hear them read their work on stage and you know you sometimes you hear a poet and literally um, you know, parts of their verse, parts of their poem just are, they're with you. They're forever mm-hmm. with you. Um, so I definitely had that. Um, and, and then there's a selfish part to it, you know, like what, what could I gloss? Mm. Like, um, what's appropriate for me to gloss? Um, what speaks to me? Uh, you know, there's a lot of personal narrative in my poetry. So, um, what felt right for a right fit for me? And then also the honoring, um, the poets that I know and love. Um, you're using gloss as a verb. What does it mean? Like, yeah, is- yeah. Um, so I did use gloss as a verb, and sometimes I call myself a glossateer. Uh-huh. I don't know if this is correct. Do you have to I- wear like a hat and a special outfit when you're a glossateer? Yeah, it kind of looks like a Rockettes outfit. I do a little high kick. <laughs> I actually do do a high kick that's not um a made-up story sometimes if i'm at a poetry reading i'll ask if anyone's heard of a glossa and then i say you know if someone hasn't can tell me about it, i'll do a high kick and i do do a high kick if people have heard of the glossas sure. in the audience so um but i don't i don't wear a rocket t- style outfit no in your uh, mind you do in my in yeah. my mind, that's I'm all I wear. Yeah. Maybe some of the audience's mind as well. You never <laughs> I know. Hope you can't so. control that part. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> um, but gloss to me is the process of writing a glossa. You know, so I begin to gloss when I have when I have those four lines in my hand where I'm like, these four lines need my attention. I am drawn to them. Um, you know, until I complete the poem yeah. and I'm and I'm reading it. So I'm always glossing. Always glossing. <laughs> glossing let's, let's on hear Sunday glossing. afternoon. Um, okay, so I'm going to end. With, I'm going to end Gloss with. Um, I love poem for my wife. Here's from a local, Jane Eaton Hamilton, Vancouver-based writer. So her quote reads: "I watched your breast, which was fuller than the night on my porch when I first undid your buttons. The sheet beneath you was green. It was almost our anniversary." Um, and I did write this for my wife on our mm-hmm. anniversary, our sixth, uh, so which was a little, just a little while back. I watched your breast, which was fuller than when we met. I thought you were starving, raw-boned butch, lap like a wooden chair. I vowed to feed you everything I had. Tender a feast, charm your tongue with salted green peas, drunken apricots, sun-sweet tea. Gradually your ribs sank into the waxing flesh I'd come to know like my own. The night on my porch when I first undid the milkmaid braid from my hair, my temples daubed with rose oil, baby-powdered scalp, elder cedar crooning in the yard, early peonies, olfactory romance, June's warm spell and invitation to strip down. Our undressed bodies, always allegory. Our love made us fabulous, we tell our story, and tell it again when I tug 
your shirt sleeve, open your buttons. The sheet beneath you is green buffalo plaid banked by patchwork quilts. This is our December bed. The yarn of our winters. Frost hugs the winter. Frost hugs the window. We wear goose flesh, yawning skin. You sing Frosty Le Bonhomme, and my heart becomes a snow globe. Each glittering snowflake chimes. I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. It's almost our anniversary when northern flickers hammer our roof in the morning. Magnolia buds split their pink lips. I lick the same raindrop off the tip of your nose as I've licked for the last six springs. <laughs> it still tastes like a vow, but today I will write a poem to mark the occasion. Oh, it was beautiful. You're listening to Amber Dawn, our guest today on Wax Poetic. Um, you reverse the order. You use those word. You use the lines good. at the beginning You're rather good. than the end. So I did do one reverse glossa. Oh, it's a reverse. It it's has a, a reverse name. glossa. So I uh, picked the first line and started my poem as opposed to ending that ten line stanza. So it's like line one, line eleven, and so hmm. on instead oh. of line ten, line twenty, etc. So yeah. good year. Well, yeah. it was the very first line that gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the name of the book, publisher, and are you reading anywhere, and where can people get it? Mm-hmm. Um, where the words end and my body begins, uh, and it's Arsenal Pulp Press. Uh, some local bookstores that have been very kind and normally stock my books are Paperhound, uh, Pulp Fiction Books, and mm. Book Warehouse. Um, I love all three. I would check them out. And am I reading soon? I have a website and it is amberdawnwrites.com and all the info will be there if it's it's not in my brain it will be on my website (laughs) okay cool and are you teaching next semester again at UBC I am I'm up at UBC's creative writing department and I do have a poetry workshop for undergrads who have declared major in creative writing and um, it's a wonderful workshop this will be uh, I'll be honored to be teaching it for the third time and actually this book of glosas I wrote mostly uh, alongside my students, so inspired by this poetry workshop that I've had for undergrads that I always produce a ton of poems when I'm teaching this workshop. And I assume that you'd read the PK page when you decided to do Glossus, because that was my first exposure to Glossus was PK page. Yeah, absolutely. That's the first book I ever owned was PK pages. Uh, First book of poetry I've ever owned. I didn't even know about her until three years ago, and I have a master's degree in English. Can you believe it? I don't understand what happened. I don't understand what happened either. And then I went and read a whole bunch of, like, all I could get. I read that uh, biography of her, and yeah. that got me started. Yeah. I read, heard the author speak, and then, and then you know, so that's how I came she to She seems so tenacious. I wanted to I be her. I really wanted to model myself after PK Page, exactly. So now I'm writing glosses. I like it. But you're mixing it in your own very... Oh, f- yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, she, she glosses like, uh, you know, Rilke and you yeah. know, Thomas Dillon and stuff. So very different uh, types of glosses. She had a really fascinating life, though. Absolutely. So do we know about any events coming up? I didn't look any up. I'm just we... looking uh, now here on the old uh, internet. Oh, tomorrow, the Twisted Poets, the, the fundraiser for the annual fundraiser that we mentioned last um, week is Thursday, December 10th at uh, Cottage Bistro, as usual, where Twisted Poets is. It starts at 7 o'clock. There's no open mic. There will be a musical uh, performance by Patsy Thompson, who 
has lived all over the place in Austin and, and uh, is, I don't know her, but uh, from the description, it sounds like it's going to be a real treat. And then all the readers are going to be reading from the anthology, um, the, the Revolving uh, City. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of them. Miranda- Including, uh, sorry, Miranda yeah, Pearson, Heidi Greco, Daphne Marlat, Joanne Arnott, Renee Sarojini Saklakar, and many others. And that's tomorrow at uh, the Cottage Bistro, Twisted uh, Poets, their annual fundraiser uh, for the season. And uh, if you know the poet, musician, and shadow puppeteer, A Raven Called Crow, they have a show tomorrow uh, at, call. it's called Graffitician, and <laughs> it's uh, at... 207 West Hastings, the Gold Saucer Studio. So that is tomorrow. And it looks like Spoken Inc. has a show coming up tomorrow as well at the Wings Tap and Grill. That starts at 8 o'clock, and that's in Burnaby. And uh, coming up on Monday is another uh, Vancouver Poetry Slam. Uh, I'm not sure who's featuring, um, but that's happening at Cafe de Soleil. And uh, Naomi Steinberg, who has been, who is a storyteller, who was literally got on side got on board a steamer yes I went ship <laughs> from los angeles and went to australia and then to europe telling their story goose feather mm-hmm. uh, which they did at the fringe festival a couple of years mm-hmm. ago but naomi's back and naomi has a show coming up on saturday at the full circle studios on uh Audlum, and it's at uh what 1900s what seven o'clock Seven yes. o'clock uh, on Saturday, and so if you want to check out some storytelling, that story, and then the story of Naomi's travels as well, I'm sure uh, you can go do that. That's Goose Feather comes full circle uh, Saturday, eight eleven eighty three Audlum on uh, in Vancouver, East Vancouver, just and, uh, other side of uh, Grandview Park. And don't be confused; she's using the name Naomi Pomier, which is her mother's uh, maiden name because she was traveling in. Um, France and doing some research on her family there. So I think that's probably when she changed, you know, just started using that name. She didn't change her name, but um, so that's the same person that we're talking about. So okay, do not. I was going to say that in French, but I can't think fast enough. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, that's all the time we've got. Thank you, Amber, for Thanks being so our much. guest today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's um, great to be here. And now I want to go to all these events. I know. I know. As soon as you go on Facebook, oh, I got to go do something. And then that's I why don't. people say you come to everything. Well, it's because you know we announce them, and then I go, oh, I want to go to that. I want to go to that. Uh, at least you go. <laughs> We try. Uh, We try. Uh, So there we go. Thank you. And uh, this has been Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm R.C. Weslowski. And I'm Pam Bentley. And No Apologies Necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what?